do you know what annoyed me so much this week? And it was just tonight, George kept calling the tortellini tortellinis. Yes! It's one of those things that really bothers me. Because it doesn't it doesn't need the plural S on the end. You can just say tortellini and the singular works as a plural. And it's a really interesting thing about the English language that I hate because it bothers me. It's not because it's not English. It's Italian. Yeah. Tortellini's already plural in Italian. Otherwise it would be tortellini. Tortelli. Uh, I got my things confused. Tortellino is the singular. Tortellino, that's it. I was going to say something like Porcelinus. No, that's, that's Roman. <laughs> that would be like the Latin plural of an Italian plural. <laughs> and, and Latin is like, oh God, Latin uh, was around this anyways, which is... It's okay. the same general area. Let's start. Yeah. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Signature Dish, our podcast where we dish all the details on everything competition, cooking, and cravats in MasterChef. I am Zach Blackmore. And I am returning once again, your co-host, Iluka Brewer. Hello, Zach. Hello. Have you enjoyed this week of MasterChef, Luca? I have enjoyed it so much, honestly. When they said home cooking week, I was really excited because sometimes the things they do, it's like, damn, that's that's really extra. But it, wow, there we go. Some fun teen slang for all of you at home. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was really nice. And it was, I don't know, it was, I found it quite, quite fun to watch, especially when people were struggling without all their fancy things. And it's just so, it's so good watching the, uh, show and going oh look everything everything on this show you can do at home because we can all definitely cook every single thing that they did on the show this week (laughs) exactly god honestly looking back the only thing i think i could do is probably like i don't know rice and cheese (laughs) (laughs) sprinkle over some lemon sounds good enough uh i like to think that maybe i could oh i could do that if i had people over for a dinner party but i think the sheer unlikeliness of me ever having people over for a dinner party means that i never have to find out if that's true yep like i fully intend on when when i move out i am going to have like a system set up where i'll be like okay you know what i'm gonna do all the cleaning chores whatever it's fine as long as everyone else here cooks because I fucking suck at it. I mean, I'll <laughs> I'll bake whatever. I love baking. Baking's good. But cooking is not my forte. So it was, you know, dub- double-edged blade. These things look so nice and easy to cook, but they're also ridiculously mm. impressive. So before we get into what happened this week, following up from last week, I just wanted to uh, mention that... Uh, <laughs> Brian does, in fact, have an Instagram. So if you want to follow him on Instagram, it is Brian Zhu underscore A-U. That's B-R-Y-A-N-Z-H-U. Oh, Z. Um, Unfortunately, there's not really anything much on there. He probably isn't allowed to have much on there while he's on the show. But follow it now. Reap the benefits later. Oh, my God. I am. And... 
Yes, there we go. Fourth result. And, and speaking of things from um, last week, guess who remembered a straw this time? <laughs> did you did you hear the straw sound? I didn't hear the straw sound, what but I'll add one. I'll uh, add one in in post. I'll just because I'm sure if you Google the yeah, like, straw sound effect, that'll definitely show up. Well, I suppose it would have worked if I didn't have a full glass of water here, but yeah, I tried, and that's what matters. Maybe. Alrighty. Should should we get into it then? So, as we mentioned before, this week was home cooking week, which meant no uncommon equipment, uh, including the tweezers, which I know people... Like, it was something that even I made jokes about last year. I didn't realise it was such, like, a, a meme with George and his tweezers that they just kept making jokes about it all week. And because I haven't watched uh, any seasons other than uh, this one and the first one, I was I felt like I was left out on this fresh meme. I mean, if by fresh you mean <laughs> I hadn't thought about it for an entire year because MasterChef hasn't been on, but that was a something that they are apparently very aware of. <laughs> It was quite funny though. It, the, I, I liked I liked the re, the reversal of of the contestants yelling "No, George!" when he reached for the tweezers. Um, and so everything was then done this week with things that you would conceivably have within your own home kitchen. Although you know most of us probably don't have like super high quality halloumi or an entire fresh herb garden. But, you know. Or a pasta roller, or an ice cream churner, or a deep fryer. <laughs> but I guess you can just buy them from Target now, so... <laughs> Makes sense. Can, can you hear Lily barking in the background? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. You can't do anything much about that. <laughs> yeah, that, um, that, that was just my, uh, my dog um, putting on a little show. She wants to share her opinions about MasterChef. Her opinions were that I don't patter enough as I'm watching MasterChef. Uh, she kept coming, she kept staring at me bellfully as I was typing up notes. No, Lily, I'm sorry. This is crime. important. You'll have to go without pats for the, you know, 15 or so minutes that there's not an ad break on. It's heartbreaking, I know. But we all have to live without something every now and then. Like the contestants did this week. Oh, good segue. Segue. Mm. Now we're real podcasters. So there were some really interesting uh, ways that they brought home cooking into the types of challenges that they had to do this week. And my favourite, I think, had to be the immunity challenge where... Sarah got to choose which of the judges' fridges she wanted to raid for ingredients. That that was very cool. I especially liked how they had, you know, all the little stamps and magnets and drawings pinned up on the fridges. It was pretty cute. And, yeah, it also meant that they sort of had to, well, sorry, that Sarah had to know what, the, what each of the judges were, you know, all about. Yeah, and I think... She did a really great job choosing as well because that fridge really played to all of her strengths and she came up with something that was pretty interesting and exciting, even though she didn't win the immunity. Yeah, it it, it sounded very un-MasterChef at first. I mean, steak, 
mashed potatoes, but it looks really good and it played to all her strengths. Yeah, I really wanted to eat it. It must have been pretty damn good. I mean, you'd think so. I mean, most things on MasterChef have to be at least pretty good. <laughs> yeah, but or comparing that to um, Bear With Me as I mess his name up again, Jared D. Blasi, who made, he made sashimi. It was really, um... Which was, that was impressive. I mean, I'm sure it was, like, fantastic. It looked like something that you would order at a restaurant and be like, whoa, nice. I Just after the, like, completely bizarre, like, choices that Sarah made, like, that I was just not expecting, it felt so normal and, like, by the books that I was kind of like, oh, step your game up, bro. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think he probably had his game on a much higher level than I could dream of. Yeah, which I, I really liked that because, um, so Sarah had, uh, what's his name? Wow, I say what's his name? I should know this guy. Shannon Bennett as uh, mentoring her for that yes. challenge. I, I, I've been to uh, one of Shannon Bennett's, uh, I suppose it's a restaurant. It's the Piggery Cafe at um Burnham Breaches out in near Sylvan Reservoir, which is, you know, a place that I've been to a few times. Really nice food. So I was excited to see him on MasterChef. Yeah, well actually I hadn't thought about this. You probably uh because you've only watched the first season and now this season, Shannon is a regular on MasterChef. Is he? <laughs> um he he's he's like the f- the fourth judge when they need a fourth judge and he's the like the one who comes in and does the immunity challenges and those sorts of things. Oh, that's things. nice. So he's, he's around exciting. a bit. exciting. I like that. Yeah. He seems like a very nice man. He does. I think we say that an awful lot. <laughs> seems like a very <laughs> nice boy. Seems like a very nice man. It's just how it is, folks. People are damn nice. <laughs> We're just secretly like little grandmas. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's, that's, very nice. This week also had the first team challenge, which was at 400 Grady, which is a place that I've never been before, but I have walked past it in South Bank a million times going, yeah. you know, from Flinders Street down the boulevard. It was, it was almost whiplash seeing it there. I was like, whoa, I know this place. This is the place with those nice plants that always makes me want to eat there. Yeah. Um. So I'm thinking we should uh, head head in there sometime give it a shot definitely we have to now that's been a master chef absolutely that actually now i think about it it's probably going to have a pretty significant uh spike in popularity yeah it's probably already quite popular considering the fact that they said uh best pizza they said they said it was one of the most popular family restaurants in melbourne I kind of question the fact that anything in South Bank is really, truly a family restaurant. You're there for five minutes and you realise how unsuited it is to kids unless it's night and you're further along towards Crown and you can take your kids to watch the fireballs. It's pretty fancy and most restaurants there are very expensive. That is true. Um, But that was just a really, you know... It's, it was a pretty traditional standard MasterChef team challenge. Three courses for each team. Uh, obviously, it's a pizzeria. It was an Italian bent. They each did a pizza, a pasta, and a dessert. And it was, you know, 
looks very nice. But of course, as any team challenge goes, when they put a time limit and they're in the kitchen, there's always problems. There's always, there's never a team challenge where every dish goes exactly as they want it to. Yeah, and this one was pretty stressful. I mean, two hours to go and they'd only just started on the dough. That green team that was. Oh. The red team realising so close to plating time that they hadn't started on their pasta sauce was probably the most stressful thing I've seen in MasterChef this year. Yeah, that w- that was pretty terrifying for a moment. Oh, God, especially when they were bringing it out with, okay, guys, put a single tomato on it, like... <gasps> mm, gosh, that single tomato seemed to really uh, cement that it was not quite thought through well enough. No. You know, all things considered, the mistakes they made in the team challenge, all of them were quite minor. It wasn't, there was not a, like, absolutely beyond repair ruined dish. No, and thank God for that. I wouldn't be able to handle it. (laughs) (laughs) The other really interesting challenge to me was the first elimination, where the contestants had to keep up with Gary cooking his roast chicken and several different kinds of pea and was it peas no it was spinach it was it It was was both peas and spinach like custard thing yeah there was a custard and there was a oh there was so many it was so green it looked really great um and just a really interesting challenge to watch because it was a hundred percent just or, like it wasn't it, it it wasn't real time obviously but it's much closer to like a real time cooking step by step than you normally get from MasterChef which i found really interesting yeah it it sounds so unassuming you know roast chicken peas and potatoes but there was so many little things that Gary was doing that sometimes that there was a few steps missed and oh very stressful watch but boy did it look good it looked amazing it is the dish from this week that i am most tempted to have a crack at because it would just be so like oh how impressive would that be if you actually pulled it off (laughs) and served that up at home god if that isn't true and i think uh ray is probably feeling was probably feeling pretty lucky uh considering yeah he, he, he was the first person to drop behind. He had a very slow start. He misheard the amount of cream that was supposed to go into his uh, <laughs> custard and added 100 mils extra cream, which, oh, man, that was... Oh, thinking about it makes me want to, like, cringe in sympathy. Oh, God, yeah. I, I can't imagine what it would be like standing up on those balconies, trying not to yell. Oh, gosh. But he was saved because in the end, Lee's chicken was not cooked all the way through. And uh, that's not unpleasant. That's straight up dangerous. Yeah. Like, they just said, yep, chicken was uncooked. You know how it is. Uncooked chicken, you're going home. Yeah. Oh, but I really, really enjoyed watching that. It was super... The sort of thing that I just find super engaging and, like, relaxing almost to watch is that... 
And I loved the masterclasses as well because it's that same thing. It's just that step-by-step relaxing, almost the same quality as like ASMR, but visual instead of audio. ASMR for your eyeballs. Brought to you by Masterclass. ASMR. (laughs) That's so bad. (laughs) Quick trademark it. (laughs) TM, TM, TM. I I loved the masterclasses. They were very nice. Oh, they were so good. I really would like to try also the um, mayonnaise that uh, Matt put together. It looked fantastic. Still, my favourite was... Oh, definitely. That beetroot chocolate thing. That looks so good. Oh my gosh. That looked so good. I love beetroot. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I love beetroot in anything. Beetroot and chocolate is... It was surprising when I had it for the first time in a, like, vegan chocolate cake was made with beetroot, and it was really great. Like, the flavours ah. go together really, really well. God, that sounds amazing. Sorry. Um, was it dark chocolate? Am I remembering that correctly? Um, he had a mix of bitter dark chocolate and 50% cocoa. Okay, so it was dark chocolate um, in the zone of dark chocolate, and dark chocolate is the best chocolate. That it oh. is. So many people yeah. don't think so, but oh, nothing better than dark chocolate, honestly. Like, I like all chocolate. But dark chocolate is just so... Oh. I'm thinking about it now. What have you done? <laughs> Especially considering I just had a bowl of porridge before because I was like, oh no, MasterChef's starting. i got to eat something quick. What can I do? You can't watch MasterChef while eating <laughs> without feeling sad about what you're eating. No. no, I mean, I did add some cinnamon, Ooh. which, fun tip, if you want to make your porridge really good whether or not it's a dodgy packet mix doesn't matter add some cinnamon add some nutmeg add some interesting honey Mm. i i advocate so much for um local honey because it's good support local beekeepers buy local honey yeah so if you if you get like a a strong flavor not spawn it's really good like but if you want to if local honey wants to sponsor this show like that is a product i would a hundred percent be willing to share Hell yes. I, I love honey so much. I It's one of those things that if you get me started on it, I'll just go on and on about it, talking about like, oh, yes, um, red, red Sally honey tastes like this, and um, orange blossom honey has a much lighter feel to it, and it's a bit thinner, but oh, but leather, leather box honey is bad. Not good. Not good at Ugh. all. Coming in with the honey discourse. <laughs> Food discourse, best discourse. Anyways, moving on from that. The last thing that I want to mention before we start talking about our favourite dishes is uh, on the MasterChef Facebook page, they've been posting some hot food discourse, um, including, do you keep your tomato sauce in the fridge or in the pantry? On the on the table, not in the fridge. doesn't need to be in the fridge. Tomato sauce. I've gone my entire life having it in the pantry and then... One day, my dad decided to read the bottle, and it says refrigerate after opening. What? And now, now it goes in the fridge. And it took a long time for me to adjust to this new way of life. That's really weird. It's it, it's on the it's on the um on the table for me in the pantry. Yeah, I 
I would put it in the pantry. Like, it's tomato sauce. What's going to happen to it? Yeah. Um, but the other thing that they posted was uh, a nice little video of Matt Preston showing you how to make this super simple ricotta gnocchi with a butter, a sage butter sauce. Oh, that sounds good. So, 100% recommend going and looking at that. I am legitimately going to get the ingredients over the weekend and try cooking it because it's like a 10-minute dish and that's definitely something I think I can handle. Nice. Um, so, definitely go and check that out and have a crack. I'm going to do it. I'll talk about it next week. <laughs> <laughs> now we've got to find something for me to make one week, probably. Maybe I should make that lemon drizzle cake. That sounded Ooh, good. Oh yeah, you are so you I are definitely the baker of the two of us. I love baking. It's great. I made lamingtons once, and I'm not sure how they 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 tasted fine, but uh, it was just the chocolate was just it just it was just sponge with chocolate soaked into it. There wasn't there wasn't a coating. It was just. <laughs> uh, anyway, I can see how I can see how lamingtons are difficult to make though. But yeah, I love baking, aside from the fact that I am too lazy to get the electric mixer out, so I cream all my butter and sugar by hand, which, uh, I mean, mm, hardcore. I suppose it sort of defeats the purpose of my laziness, creaming it by hand, but it's, kind of, <laughs> it's, it's satisfying. You get a good workout, and by good workout, I mean your, your arms hurt so much that sometimes they shake when you so much as pick up a glass. Uh, oh so satisfying though i would have liked to see that in the home cooking challenge but no people wouldn't do that anyways you have mixers at home i'd have a mixer no i don't think so i don't think they would um but speaking of satisfying let's have a talk about what our favorite dishes were because some of them were very satisfying to look at oh i'm, I'm trying to figure it out which one i like most yeah it was there were a lot of really, really good ones this week, and I'm pretty sure I know my top pick. It's just narrowing down what my two, like, runner-up dishes were. Oh, so many nice things. I think I have my my top three. You can start. Um, my first runner-up was Aloise's Halloumi Tasting Board. Mm. Um, and it wasn't something that went over like a hundred percent super well with the judges they didn't like all of the elements on there they weren't a big fan of the fritters but i just love the concept of it and would a hundred percent love going to a whiskey bar and getting a halloumi platter with a paired whiskey that sounds like such a great thing even though i'm not a huge whiskey drinker i would be a hundred percent more into the idea of going to a whiskey bar if they gave me delicious halloumi. Mm. Halloumi is oh. a really nice meat. It's so good. I really liked the sound of um one of the dishes Carly made in the cheese challenge. I think it was the uh which is listed here as cheesy sesame crusted fritters with grapefruit and honey oh, syrup. Oh yes, that was one of the ones that I saw and was like, oh, I like I heard of the concept and I was like, oh, she's maybe leaning into her Asian influence where it doesn't fit, but it looked incredible. Yeah, 
they sounded really good. I especially love the sound of the grapefruit and honey syrup. Grapefruit syrup is delicious. I really want to try that. Uh, I can imagine that it would go really nicely with halloumi as well. Oh, I'm basically salivating now. Master Chef, why? Oh, I know. I've eaten two courses and I'm still feeling the like, oh man, now I want to eat some halloumi. So my second runner-up was Sarah's pan-fried barramundi with a spicy vinaigrette, bok choy, and bean shoots, which, gosh, I should have written more intelligent notes uh, because it it looked amazing. I love barramundi is probably my favorite kind of fish. It's not too strong of a flavor, but it's not flake either. And just, ah, her bok choy sounded amazing and my notes literally like i'm i'm trying to remember why exactly i liked it apart from the whole concept together but my notes are literally i want to eat it three exclamation marks (laughs) spicy boy full stop winner winner full stop what what kind of code is that spicy boy full stop look i was just trying to rush to get all of my notes down but (laughs) I see, boy. Um, I know why I wrote that. It was because it was very spicy, and they were worried it was going to be too spicy, but it was balanced out by the bean shoots, which sort of dulled that oh, spiciness. Yes. So there we go. I remembered what that meant. I'll try not to take such coded notes in the future. <laughs> spicy boy. I love the term Amazing. spicy boy. It's I say that way more than I need to. Yeah, I, I say I use um food terms a lot more now. I just I I've decided saying zesty about lots of things or well I try to refrain from saying zesty, especially in um academic situations, which is becoming a problem. Hmm, that I would have to say for one of my runner ups, the sashimi the whiting sashimi with the avocado puree. I love sashimi. I love whiting. I love avocado. So that just looked real nice. Even though the sashimi slivers weren't um weren't that many of them. I, I would like very much a, a plate piled high with whiting sashimi slivers, thank you. But god, it just looked good. It looks so good. It it looked incredible and like I mean kinda unsurprising, I guess, because he was uh yeah. A professional chef. The young, young chef, chef of the year. Of the year. And I mean I, I, I used um very descriptive uh cooking terms then with saying it looks good, but I just can't get past that. It looks good. I wanna eat it. That's all I have to say. Yeah, that's sometimes that's as much as it is. Um now the uh ooh, by the way, I d- the chocolate and beetroot recipe is up on the MasterChef website. Yes. I mean, I'm never going to be able to cook it, but just knowing it's there. (laughs) The reason I was going through the um, recipes is because I wanted to make sure that I had all the the components, the elements, that's the word, of my signature dish for this week, which was the Green Team's Deconstructed Tiramisu. Oh, yeah. And... Good choice. Yeah, Brian, again, Brian, 
my boy Brian, you're killing it. Uh, it was not at all something that looked like a tiramisu, but it had the elements of coffee jelly, mascarpone mousse, masala syrup, rhubarb gel, a crumb, a praline, and just fresh strawberries and raspberries and mint and chocolate and it looked absolutely that really high level of master chef cooking but all of the she- uh, all of the judges just said that it tasted like tiramisu and that's incredible to me yeah uh i i really want to experience that not even so much as eat it but just enjoy the experience of it which i think is what is a good thing for that level of cooking i think and i mean of course of course it was primarily designed by brian i really liked the part how he was you know taking control and just sort of being like do this do this do this like brian's doing really good he's so great and there was a little moment of worry where he wasn't sure if it was going well that the jelly was not setting properly but in the end it was all fine and it was another really fantastic dish you know hopefully maybe it'll be on his instagram soon <laughs> we'll see my signature dish that i have chosen is unfortunately not up on the website from what i can see because it sounded really nice i love the sound of of course the gloomy lemon macarons made by tamara yes oh oh gloomy delicious and smooth and always got that sort of um squeakiness to it which i love lemon lemon is fantastic in everything and anything macarons now i have conflicted feelings about macarons (laughs) i love the idea of them but often the flavors in them don't come through as much for me do you mean like it just tastes like sweet yeah but these ones yeah combining the you know the savoriness of the cheese which i suppose isn't that savory it's halloumi Lumi and lemon is delicious. So putting that in macarons, savory macarons, man, that just sounded so good. Yeah. Good on you, Tamara. That was good as. <laughs> but yes, now I'm, uh, I'm gonna resist going off on a tangent about macarons, because we really need to get to what is the most important part of the show. The most important <laughs> segment of our show. Of course, Matt's cravats. Oh, I took more notes this week. I need to keep up. I'm very glad because Matt's outfits this week, some of them were impressive. So much tartan. Yeah, um, it was a bit surprising. I'm not sure that they were his best outfits of the week. No. As particularly uh, the purple plaid tartan suit but then a navy cravat that was a good look really i i don't know i liked it well i i I don't know if i liked it liked it i thought it looks ridiculous but i liked it in that matt preston (laughs) just being ridiculous and sort of like what the hell is he doing this is hysterical i love it see i get i i totally appreciate his fashion on that level i just purple and navy i just don't like that combination it crosses the line from that's weird to mm, not sure yeah i i can see that i th- I, th- I think that um matt's best outfit this week was during the elimination challenge was, it was 
that was the uh, black suit and the and the pink shirt. The pink shirt. That was it. Was it was bright pink, wasn't it? The elimination challenge. Oh yes. Yes, 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 yes. That was a... the sharp black. The sharp black. The the bright pink. And the waistcoat. The pocket square. That was his only waistcoat this week, wasn't it? It was. Um, it was a good look. That's very Matt Preston. I think the loud shirt, the patterned cravat, like... Yeah. He had a couple of more subtle, subdued ones this week as well. I'm not sure. I'm sure you, you were looking. Um, at the 400 Grady team challenge, he was wearing a grey suit and a white shirt, but... He had a patterned cravat, and yeah. when we got a closer look at it, it was floral patterned. Of and course. It was matched with a green pocket square, which <gasps> yes, just I loved it. His Amy's pocket square. It oh. was. It was. It was subdued, and it went together without being the same pattern or color. Yeah, the green pocket square. It was a very bright green. It just. It just popped. And the florals were, of course, a lot more subdued, so you didn't pick up on them as much. But it, it just tied in so very well. I just, I, my notes here just say, very nice. <laughs> I think because it was very. I think nice. it hit that perfect line that Matt Preston has between like so out there that it's more on the like whoa side, and too subdued that you're just sort of like, well, we expect more from you, Matt. This hit that like fine line of it's very unique, but also no one I don't think is going to call it untasteful. No, there's there's no way that could be untasteful. No, absolutely. I would disagree strongly with anybody who argued that. I especially liked his um, outfit from the last episode of the week, which was it was very casual for Matt, but I liked how his nice light blue shirt because it was a nice blue contrasted nicely with his apron oh sorry i was confused because he wore two outfits in that episode and i was thinking of the first one which he wore during the challenges and this is the master class outfit yes his final outfit very very nice i liked it it was peak dad matt preston with an apron and just a casual that shirt is so true that's exactly what it is. That's the look. <laughs> Casual cook dad. The beard accentuates it. I'm just saying that beard suits that look. That it does. The beard really just makes his outfits so far this year. Yeah. I I saw a photo of him without the beard and I was like, ooh, that's... I've forgotten. You've forgotten that he um looks like a Cadbury vampire? I've forgotten what he looked like without the beard <laughs> and I maintain my stance that it's a good look for him uh but before we move on i do want to mention one more matt preston outfit i think it's the last one that we haven't talked about because i thought it was very stylish in a like i could actually see people wearing it out and about sort of way which was his black suit with just a black jacket white shirt and like a royal blue cravat with white polka dots and a same patterned pocket square yes that that was that was a good look. That was very simple. It wasn't 
like one of those standout ones where you're like, oh, whoa, that's a Matt Preston classic outfit, but it was really like, like that, that combination is so nice. It was very understated. Yeah. It was an, it was an understated look that due to, due to it, the fact that it doesn't stand out as much compared to the others, you sort of miss it. And the fact that it's just a really well put together outfit. In a strange way, sometimes the more subtle Matt Preston outfits stand out to me because that's the opposite of what I'm expecting. (laughs) We're used to something ostentatious and then we get something nice. Hmm. I I could see not Matt Preston people wearing that outfit and not looking silly. And isn't that the truth when it comes to Matt Preston's outfits? I really don't think many of them would work on anybody except Matt Preston. I can't imagine um, seeing anyone wearing a dark purple suit with a pocket watch chain and a dress coat. <laughs> wow, dress coat. That's a, that's a fun portmanteau of double-breasted waistcoat I've just invented there. Uh, well, we will need the shorthand eventually. We're talking about Matt Preston's <laughs> outfits for the whole season. We're going to need to come up with some shorthand, so... Um, although I've got to say, someone else who looks good in a dark purple suit is John Boyega. Like, yes. Don't get me started because I could go uh, on for even longer than I no, could with Matt we Preston. could. He pulls it off so damn well. Oh, he has some great fashion choices. Whoever was dressing him in that year where he had all those nice shiny suits with the black uh, lapels. Oh, did a good job. Very great. I think the fact that we're talking about John Boyega means that we have run out of Master Chef things to talk about for this <laughs> yeah, week. We, we've we've covered everything we need to. So I think it's come time for us to say thank you again for tuning into our little show. We appreciate it so much. Thank you for listening. If you want to find out when we've uploaded a new episode, uh, we are aiming to have them out on Friday nights from now on. Last week there was a little bit of trouble because we've not done this before and so had no idea how much time it was really going to take to get recorded and edited and uploaded. So we'll be aiming for Friday nights from now on, uh, like your, you know, your episode of MasterChef for that one of the two nights where they don't air one. Yeah, a nice filler. <laughs> Exactly. To, 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 you know, bite you over the days when you don't have MasterChef on. There's a lot of MasterChef. We're not Matt Preston, but, you know, hopefully we're a good enough uh, way to keep that MasterChef going on the off days. Uh, so if you want to follow us and find out what we're up to and when our new episodes are coming out, you can follow us on Twitter at SigDishShow. That's at sig dish show the account's called signature dish we've got a nice little logo which is a cloche wearing a cravat it's very fancy it's very it's very appropriate so head over there and you'll be able to find out exactly when we upload our next episode and maybe a few little extra comments from us during the week who knows only time will tell um and that's it so until next episode thanks for joining us and remember stay zesty folks